Hey guys, it's C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life doing an episode for us, the first episode of season 18, uh, Introduction to Cognitive Mechanics. And uh, this is going to be uh, probably the most important uh, season that I do. I mean, other than uh, obviously the book that uh, we're getting uh, written out and it's going to be like a manual and whatnot, we'll have it available uh, this year uh, after the uh, personality assessment releases online, which will go into detail about cognitive mechanics, but uh, this particular season is going to be, let's say, I think a deeper dive. Uh, we're going to be taking content from seasons 5, season 16, uh, as well as season 1, and uh, going at a level even deeper than that, and uh, showing you exactly how uh, the human brain, uh, through neural pathways, is able to grow via cognitive transition and uh, looking at positive and negative charges attached to uh, pessimistic and optimistic functions and the like. Uh, there's just uh, so many different things and topics to discuss uh, within season 18 cognitive orbit, which we haven't really discussed very much. We'll be talking about cognitive orbit. We're also going to be talking about, uh, um, obviously, the functions. Uh, we're going to be touching a lot more on uh, cognitive axis as well. Uh, and just maybe uh, pick a little bit of a, an approach from John Beebe as well. We're going to be uh, looking at some uh, direct material out of energies and patterns of psychological type uh, to that end. And we're also going to be slightly discussing uh, gender uh, and uh, gender roles taken on by the four sides of the mind uh, at various different levels. So it's just a lot. It's just a lot of things. And I maintain it's really important that uh, you know people watch this particular season because I think it will just uh, start to show just how complicated we are as human beings. We are extremely complicated. And uh, the human mind and the human soul, as complicated as it is and how it grows and how it manifests, how it uh, develops over time, uh, ultimately reaching the, you know, the, uh, the end goal of cognitive uh, integration and the like, you know, all of that will be super important. Uh, I mean, why? Why is it important? It's, it's important because, you know, most people, they just they just take the assessment and then, oh, okay, here's my type, you know, even though most online assessments, okay, all online assessments, except mine, by the way, uh, they're one out of five accurate. My test, I could boast that it, it is capable of delivering a 100% accurate answer provided uh, the user is putting in 100% accurate input. And uh, I guess that's probably the same challenge that all the other online tests have. The difference is, is that uh, the assessment that we've put together will actually teach the user while they're taking it so that there's multiple opportunities for verification and uh, they won't get lost along the way and then they'll just be able to simply uh, answer questions. Uh, so yeah, it will uh, definitely be a test unlike anything that's out there currently and uh, I'm very happy uh, I'm very happy with it and whatnot.
yeah, great, someone's type themselves, they, they know their type, you'd be skippy, but well, what about, where do they go from there? Well, season 18 is, it exists to kind of help answer that question, because this is so much more than the MBTI uh, letter dichotomies, this is so much more than Dr. Linda Barrett, this is so much more than David Kiersey, this is so much more than Dr. John Beebe, uh, it's so much more than Dario Nardi. It's so much more uh, than uh, Mark Hunziker, uh, Stephen Montgomery, and then going all the way back to Plato and Pythagoras. It's so much more. Uh, we've been able to uh, develop uh, the science in such a way where we're able to we've been able to unlock additional you know secrets about the mind and uh, come to a higher level of understanding. And, you know, when it comes to season 18, if, if you don't understand just how complicated we are, then you're liable to start thinking like, oh, you know, uh, you're just putting people in boxes. And it's like, no, I am not actually putting people in boxes. Let's be straight. I am definitely not putting anyone in boxes. It's, it's too complicated for that. You know, when someone tells me, like, oh, you know, you just type me, you put me in a box, and I'm like, well, okay, technically I put you into four boxes with four sub-boxes each, so 16 sub-boxes, but then we have to look at your cognitive development, and is your is parent functions developed of all four sides of your mind? Are they? Are they? Do you know that? Uh, and that can put you in additional boxes, so then my question to them is, okay, What's your actual box? What box are you actually a part of? Uh, because it gets so much more complicated than that. Now, luckily, the type grid, as we mostly fleshed out, the type grid, uh, which represents this multi-layered, multi-dimensional abacus, basically, that we use to measure the uh, or identify the human soul with, uh, one's persona with, the type grid is pretty well fleshed out. I mean, we've used multiple vectors for using this uh, this abacus, and there's so many. I mean, I use I, I generally use like probably about eight or nine different vectors with the uh, type grid itself, but it goes a lot further than that. I mean, I've probably identified about 150, and then using logic, it's like okay, there's actually way more than this, and to the point where now I'm starting to realize there's probably about unlimited different ways or methodologies that can be discovered and using the type grid to verify, you know, somebody's, you know, mind. And an example of that would be the Rhinan dichotomies. I don't know if you guys have checked out the Rhinan dichotomies, which will be another subject of cognitive mechanics that we'll be discussing. So Rhinan dichotomies uh, are another way that you could interpret the type grid, right? And we're going to be talking about that in this season. Uh, and uh, it's basically like a different form of uh, cognitive function uh, pairing, etc., or cognitive uh, function comparing. Uh, we're going to be, you know, like, hey, you know, oh, look, there's an apple, but he's an orange, you know, so, for example. And uh, based on that, we'll get to a point where it's like, okay, hey, we're able to further identify additional types together and group them up specifically according to the type grid if you actually have that knowledge. So, 
That way you're not just using, you know, communication style, aka interaction style, or disposition, aka temperaments only to determine, you know, your psychological type. It's going, you know, way deeper than that. Obviously, we talk about quadras, cognitive axis, then we're going to be talking about the cognitive orbit, but then when you introduce the, uh, the Ryan dichotomies, there's just so many different ways uh, to keep track. There's so many different ways to verify your type now with the typewritten. And it's, and it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's, it's so, um, it's really, it's really great to know that, you know, you have these multiple layers of verification with the grid itself, so that you always know for a fact that regardless of however which way you interact with the type grid, you always know for a fact that your type is your type. And we all know how hard it is for an individual to type themselves, and usually you need someone on the outside. Now, we're hoping the assessment, you know, takes over at that point, and it's like, hey, okay, yeah, the assessment is basically representing that third party that a person can use uh, to be assessed. But I mean, that's why assessments exist. That's why typists exist, uh, or typologists, I guess, as someone would say. I wouldn't call them a typist. Let's be honest. Like that's a very simple way of referring to uh, to someone who types other people. Uh, professionally and whatnot, but ultimately, uh, ultimately, it's like okay, you know, I need to be able to do it myself, and that's that's what we're trying to do here in the CSJ community is increase the accessibility for the science, you know, and uh, and I'll admit, you know, we've had some of our some of our issues with our existing type grid that made it difficult for people to understand, but. Uh, we are making huge improvements to it, and a new version uh, is going to be put out uh, very soon uh, with Ultimate Messaging Formula, so we'll have that uh, be a completely uh, new type grid along with a whole bunch of other pages and uh, resources to go along with it. Probably about five or six different pages, so I'm looking forward to uh, having that. Oh yeah, I love that, uh, that uh, lens glare ever not have player, right? Always have the player. So, anyway. But, you know, in order in order to, you know, have full-on interpretation of what the type grid does for somebody, or in order for someone to fully interpret their own persona, we have to talk about cognitive mechanics, and that's basically my point. Without cognitive mechanics, you know, then we're just reduced to, like, this box, and then I end up having my ESTP cousin in my face about planning to be about being put into a box because he's choosing, and then deciding to willfully not care or remotely think about what it is I'm trying to tell him because, you know, it's either too new to him or he just can't, you know, he, he just takes it as, oh, you're taking away my choice, and I'm like, no, I'm not taking away your choice, actually, I'm trying to give you more freedom of choice, I'm trying to get you to realize that there's nothing wrong with you and people keep taking away your choices, but then you assume something's wrong with you because the affiliative people out there have told you this, and that's why for some reason you think you have to be on Adderall to get free day, when the reality of the situation is not that, that's not reality. But who am I to argue with a professional, right? You know, I'm sorry guys, but the whole idea of someone being a professional or someone credentialed is entirely subjective. It's absolutely subjective and has no basis on truth whatsoever. The title of expert itself is insanely uh, subjective. 
and when people make rules and laws based on arbitrary experts, those rules and laws, too, will also be <laughs> arbitrary. So, stop. Like, stop. Stop allowing society to degrade like this. So, that's why we're going to be talking about quantum mechanics, to make sure that the science itself is not degrading while in the hands of the community. You know, because it's like, yeah, guys, you know, people are just going to mishandle it, and they're going to create these arbitrary rules based off of, you know, their ignorance, when I'm going to try to flush it out entirely, when we talk about all these different, uh, different points of view, and how to interpret, uh, each little piece on how the human mind works, and we're going to go from there, uh, we're even going to be talking about, uh, neural pathways, and neural pathway development, how that comes as a result of, uh, about, like, you know, a lot of metaphysical concepts here on this channel, uh, or on this podcast, but there's a lot of physical components that go along with it, and I think for the first time we're going to be discussing uh, the physical as well, because cognitive transition, either chaotic or uh, orderly transitions, I might actually even use uh, demonstrate the, uh, the water uh, demonstration, um, so people can see, like, a physical... Uh, example of what I'm talking about for cognitive transition and how it works, and how that impacts neural pathways of the brain uh, will be a different, uh, will be, you know, a very interesting uh, perspective to share. So, based on that, I hope the, the community is further armed uh, with a fully operational battle station, aka four sides of the mind. Uh, to be able to psychoanalyze themselves and other people, but ultimately they'll be able to reach a higher level of understanding instead of just like, oh, well, these are your stereotypical behaviors, get over it. And I think that's the main point my ESTP cousin is trying to make. He doesn't want to be reduced to a stereotype. And I think that's what everyone in general is kind of afraid of when it comes to this, uh, this science or, or psychology itself, or Jungian analytical psychology, it's because they don't want to be stereotyped, right? And while stereotypes exist, and there's a lot of reasons why they exist, uh, we need to get the science away from stereotypes and get it more to, like, actual concrete facts, and then people like my ESTP cousin will actually, like, it for what it is, you know, the truth, so, anyway, I think that just, uh, covers my, uh, introduction for season 18, uh, I look forward to, uh, having you all, uh, joining us for season 18, gonna have some, uh, crazy whiteboards, I think, uh, I think I'm actually gonna have a blackboard this time, uh, waiting on a blackboard, I'm using some chalk, reason why is because the whiteboard sucks because it has so much glare on it and the lighting in the studio is just terrible so that's why I went to the green screen but I don't always want to use the green screen I really want to make use of my other cameras and uh, you know not having a green screen all the time is kind of uh, 
well, it's one of my, it's one of my preferences, quite frankly, so that's what I'm hoping to do, hoping to accomplish, but, uh, we'll see, rather than still making the, uh, blackboard for me to use, uh, so I can, uh, use, like, chalk and not have any glare off of my, uh, my board, so I can explain the appropriate, so, hopefully it works, I think I also need to get an eraser for it as well, so, anyway, folks, uh, thanks for watching and listening, and, uh, I'll see you guys tonight.